Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Adams got it to boot swiftly and it slides through for the opening goal. And Taylor Adams does a little jig in joy. Oh, Taylor didn't take the body. Stevenson got out the back and he drills it to Elliott. Right foot drop, punt is good. And the tremors through the Geelong hearts intensify. High ball deep, pressure intensifies. Off the pack to Stevenson. Oh, what a glorious start for the Magpies. They've got three on the board. His kick wasn't great. Phillips didn't cut it off. How did? Rushed at the 50, took the long shot, hit the targets. Jeremy Howe, what an incision. Gave it to Adams, hit the accelerator, kicked the goal. He's been unbelievable. Utterly superb from Collingwood. Did Geelong are all at sea? I've never seen him so much at sea. Grundy down to Stevenson, out to Penderbury. This might be his moment. It is. He came through the matrix at the back of the stoppage. And the captain lands a killer blow. In game 300, he's swamped by his teammates and he's adored by the Collingwood Nation. Dangerfield underneath, bubbles the footy, gathers the footy, snaps at a goal. Incredible. Superstar. Absolute freak. Refusing to concede the result. He is a master. The Magpies get what they so richly deserve. A magnificently managed victory. They're through to the preliminary final. It's familiar finals failure for the Cats who are condemned to the treacherous road. We're disappointed. You know, we're humans. We had a good season, as you said, and gave ourselves a chance if we did slip up to go again next week. So, I mean, we have to be positive about the opportunity that presents itself. But, yeah, there's, there's a period of mourning, if that's not too strong a word. But our players in particular this year have shown really good capacity to bounce back when we have had... Um, some disappointment, so I don't see any reason to suspect that that will change. Good result, hard-earned. I suppose we set the game up the way we wanted to early and we were able to you know, continue and maintain the rage through the whole four quarters. So it was a, a fantastic defensive effort um, and it was one that we really set ourselves for. Collingwood takes the saloon run through September while the Cats lick their wounds and await their ultimate judgment. The full post-mortem from an eventful qualifying final. Knickknacks putting on the moves, but he got Ooh, the ball yeah. the hey. down in the fall at hey. 50. Yeah, and he's put down Merritt because yep. Merritt grabbed him by the hair. Langford's now come in. Oh, now there's people throwing water over the fence. Now, is that the first time you've had your hair pulled? Yeah, it was. I was a bit angry. I, I don't know. I probably got a five on the block, but um, yeah, pulled my hair. I wasn't happy with it, but 
Oh, it's a question of my confidence. Does it really matter how confident I am? Because I'm not the decision maker in signing myself up. And, well, I've got a contract. That's as much assurance as what else could you ask for? Reflections from the finals opener. Nick Natanui free to play as the Eagles hit the road. And will Essendon stay the course with John Warsfold? I'm very honoured to uh, be the secure football coach. My time here has been a short one with 12 months, but now to, I suppose, steer the ship and get back in that, that chair that I've sort of you know, been trying to get back to for a long time. It's been seven years, but um, you know, I'm really excited about our list and where the club's heading. And um, you know, it's a great opportunity for me. And you know, we need to get more success at this footy club. And when pre-season starts, we'll be pushing really hard as a coaching group, but also as a playing list to make sure that we get that. And second time around the block, Brett Ratton completes the trifecta for the caretakers. The new St Kilda coach is our headline guest. This is the week one of finals edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50 and the new grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. And so many threads to pull. A few of them are painful ones, laced with a sense of deja vu. Tom Phillips is going to be our guest from the Magpies shortly. It's a good morning from Sydney under brilliant blue skies. It is a little blustery, but the Giants and the Bulldogs are next to go. And it, it uh, reprises such strong memories of a few years back. Before then, though, we analyse and reflect on what has happened so far. David King is in place. Kingy, good morning. Morning, G. Uh, amazing scenes last night. And I'm just going to say it off the top because we're going to analyse the actual game and what the players did and all those sorts of things. But this game was lost by Chris Scott. Ooh, Simple as that. Oh, morning, morning, Burton, welcome morning. in. Morning, boys. <laughs> Good morning. Kingy opens the batting. Um, game style, yeah, which the coach has to take responsibility for. Yeah, but we'll get into that and... Uh, what a way to start up. Yeah, that'll be a good conversation. Another conversation is because you're a great talisman on this stuff, Jared. Nicholas Natanui, what was your view on that where he grabbed the boy by the throat, <laughs> lifted him off the ground and threw him? Lucky he didn't hit the fence. Lucky he didn't hit. But what was your what was your because you're a good talisman on this sort of stuff. Yeah, I thought it would land the way that it did with the catch all of misconduct and a fine. Yep. But if it had been rough conduct, it was straight up a suspension because it, it wasn't careless. It was intentional. Absolutely. So, and there was no yeah. ball in, in vicinity. And in, in, I suspect the pulling of the hair gave him the mitigation that uh, Michael Christian was looking for. Hasn't been a suspension in the comp since the uh, middle of July. So we've gone dry on that front and being finals and being such a draw card, there was the catch-all of misconduct. Um, yeah, but if, he, if he'd gone the other way with rough conduct, he couldn't have avoided a suspension. I, th I think, you, you, you know, we're... You said the, the uh, if you could call it provocation, you know, as he pulled the hair, could you could they not looked at it and said, well, ball was dead anyway, 
and Natanui was pushing Merritt and throwing him towards the boundary fence to start with, and he's grabbed onto something, and it just happened to be here. So yep. Natanui started the initial provocation himself. I, I think we're all very pleased that Nick Natanui is going to be playing. That's, that's a given. I, I'm still reserved on it. I, I don't think you can see people grab another somebody they weigh 50 kilos more than, lift them off the ground. It looked like a wrestling move. It was. It was a choke slam. It was, yes. <laughs> it was a choke slam. We'll come back to yeah. it. We'll come back to it. We'll bring Kane Corns in. Hello, Kane. Uh, good morning, Jared and team. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. this, the, the story is Geelong, isn't it? Uh, as you alluded to, Kingy, but just this record won't go away. There's different ways you can look at it. The finals record. The post-buy record, um, it is now a massive dark cloud that is hovering over that footy club that they can't escape. And uh, if you're framing a market for next week, uh, West Coast probably come across and, and beat Geelong, who have got no Ruckman or not one that they're prepared to go with. And Nat Nui was, was exceptional again on Thursday night. So if they are to go out in straight sets next week, which probably most of us are tipping may happen, then it's going to be a big story for, for Chris Scott and the Cats. Uh, the floor is yours, David King. Make your case. Well, coming into this, the final series, Jared, we, we've talked about Geelong over the previous six or seven years. And in my opinion, and, and I'm happy for people to disagree with it, Geelong have always coached to negate the opposition, to take away their strengths as a, as a primary function, to make that the, the start of, of anything they do tactically is to reduce the impact of the opposition's weapons. Matty Scarlett said as much earlier this year. Yeah, which is fine. That's fine. But you end up with a brand of your own that chops and changes a fair bit. You don't have a, a rusted-on identity. I thought this year was the first year and wrote an article in the Herald Sun two weeks ago saying... This is the first time I've seen Geelong have a, a, a method forward of centre, a method behind the ball, and then just a trust in these younger guys to go and get the job done in the midfield. doesn't have to be Dangerfield. doesn't have to be Ablett or, or Selwood individually. They trusted the group. So I thought they had a, a high-quality brand. To make changes coming into... After finishing top of the table, to make changes like not playing a Ruckman... What that does to the rest of the team is the discussion. They take their All-Australian best and fairest winning full-back out of the role that he has played so well into the ruck. Complete confusion down back. The drop-of-ball goals in that first 40 minutes of football that Collingwood kicked was so easy. Mm. was so easy. They then have Radigalia have to play more ruck minutes than what he's played. So he goes he second-tall forward out of the forward line puts all the pressure back on Hawkins and, and, and two and three players go against Tom for the rest they of the They were night. a mid-sized, uh, uh, a hybrid forward short last night in, in their makeup as well. Yeah, so, so to take the Ruckman out caused so many other problems that, that it created chaos in, the, in their own team. Now, if you want to tag Grundy, why can't Stanley tag Grundy? Why, why, why is he such a, a, a poor player that he can't just play a run with? He's done it before. I mean, to say you got the weather wrong, I'm, I'm not wearing that. I'm not, I'm not copping that. I mean, I, I think that, that all the pressure was on Geelong winning finals football and that involved having a rusted-on brand. If you've got an All-Australian player, why would you be moving him from the All-Australian role that he plays? That, why? That seems a very basic principle, doesn't it? He's, a, he's, a, he's been exceptional down there. It, it sort of smacks to me that 
He just lost complete faith. We, we spoke about it, Jared. He lost complete faith in his rucking stocks four weeks out from the finals. And he... And he, he, uh, he I went, think it's bigger. I, I actually... Uh, Chris is a seriously intelligent guy. I reckon this morning when he wakes up, he'll think, you know what, I've, I've made a horrendous mistake here. Uh, I, and, and I often look at the way he... Co I think Chris wants to be the reason they win. I think you've got to trust your players and set up the systems and, and you know, endorse the, the program as, in totality and say, you guys are going to be the reason we win. You don't have to win every game from the coach's box. You don't. You think he got cute, Kingy? You, you think he... And even the fact that they selected him in the side and, you know, there was rumours whether he would be a late withdrawal as, as late as probably Thursday or Friday and he was still selected. Is he, has he got cute? Is he trying to play these fun and games, which he's done, late withdrawals for a couple of years? What are you alluding to? I, I feel like there's some sort of conspiracy theory. Uh, no okay. conspiracy theories. I just, I, I just think that it's such a drastic change to the makeup of your team going into a, the biggest opportunity of you've had for some time. Straight into a prelim final if you win last night. I mean, they've lost by... I mean, I know it's only 10 points in the end, but it was probably because Collingwood had a couple of players on the bench. Call it a four-goal game, right? They got they smashed. Lo they, they lost by, say, four to five goals um, in a low-scoring game. I, I just... I just feel like Chris coached to not lose to Collingwood rather than to win the game. Mm. And, and I think that that premise may, uh, unfold, unfolded in a, made the game unfold in a way where they played very safe... Um, and I do, I do think the ruck position is such a drastic change to your team against the Grundy too. Well, in, in any, uh, in any, absolutely. But in any th game, this really. is the best mauling ruckman in the comp, and they ended up with a bloke who, by, by human standards, uh, Blitzhaus is a big guy, but he ain't big for a ruckman. Uh, and against him, against a mauling type rucker. Uh, can I ask you? Again, a season of football is fluid. The ebbs and flows, forms and out of form and the likes. Geelong, by virtue of the fact that they finished first, can say we were the best team for the one that Dr McClellan. They finished <laughs> first. They finished first after 22 games. Yeah. They were clearly the best team to the bye. Post-bye, take away the, the, that pre-bye, uh, you know, pre mm. where would you have them ranked? Oh, no, they're number one. Still number one? Well, you, you think they were the best-performed teams post-buy? Oh, post... I mean, I think that they did some things to manage some bodies to, to get... They'd earned the right to, to, tinker, to tinker with a few things. That, that's, but yeah. tinkering's fine. What they did this week at selection is not tinkering. What, what I'm getting at with you... Yeah, what I'm getting at with you is that the game... The, the season's fluid, and I think things went wrong for them in the back half of the year like post-buy. The form of their ruckman... For the yeah, number you get one to a final I... series, mate. The ruckmen in the finals now are all high quality. So, so if you're yeah, going to leave it for his, six months, but his ruckman on. fell away. His ruckman fell away, and that's what I'm saying. The, the season is fluid, and therefore he has to make, well, not has to make changes. He trusted his instincts to make changes, and it's backfired. Yeah, it's rather a, it's than a go in with rather than go in with Reece Stanley and say, right, we're going to take a loss, but we, we, it'll be a minimised loss. We took a big loss last night. Yeah, mm. th th this is the discussion, Kane. I'll bring you in on it. Uh, th you can't make these errors in a final series. Mm. You just but, can't. 
particularly with the record uh, that they've got and the pressure. They, they're the, they were the most under-pressure side coming in. And, uh, I mean, I was observing last night as well, a lot of talk about Gary Ablett during the week. And he's a, he's a polarising figure and it, he's sometimes harsh, judged harshly. But I, I think the end can come reasonably quickly. And I compare his performance last night to... To, to Jamie Elliott from, from Collingwood. Similar position, tough position on the ground, and, and Gaz clearly struggled, as Hawkins did, with the lack of ball movement and speed of ball coming in. But he didn't want a, he didn't want a physical contest last night, Gary Ablett, 35 years of age. And I just probably think it could be his last game this weekend. Um, I don't think he wanted to thrive on the contest, which you need to do at finals. I mean, he's the best player I've seen, I think, in my generation, certainly. But it can come quickly. And, and Selwood's the other massive issue for them as well, I think. He's been banged up and he's probably the player I've admired the most in my generation. But his punishment has, has perhaps come back to haunt him. He's had 200 less disposals. Can I ask you, Kane? Joel Selwood. I, I think it's an issue for them, Derm. And it's one that is a massive elephant in the room as potentially Gary goes into this week is his last final. As good as he's been this year... But I just thought there was a safeness, there was a want to play for free kicks last night, to go to ground a little bit easily, and Selwood's another concern for me, just watching on from the TV last night. So Selwood, it's self-inflicted, and we don't want to remember him any other way than the glorious style mm. that he's played in, mm. and you understand why he's feeling banged up. But I, I want to ask you... I think it's unfair to, to nominate disposals as a reason for drop-off, though. Well, I mean, he's playing... 200, Kingy. Yeah, to, I, to 200 less yeah, disposals. There's, there's certain positions where you're not... Your function's not to get... 35 touches a week. You're supposed to... You, you need to get... You need to be having 25-plus on the wing. If you're going to play wing, it's not as if he's playing deep forward. He's playing through the midfield. He's, he's back half of the year. He spent a, a lot of time on ball as well. He's playing He's playing centre square minutes. He was playing centre square minutes last night. As a winger, he's not making the ball travel fast. No, no, he's not. He's not. You look at the, the, the big wingmen in the game, they get a lot of the footy. Robinson, McCluggage, uh, Gaff... Um, McRae, uh, Henderson, they're, they're all getting the ball. You can't think, be playing wing and yeah. getting 17 touches a game. Now, I, I think kicks. you're comparing them to teams. I, I think that's a fraction the, unfair. They play different. They play different. They play a possession brand of footy. They played skinny side of the What's ground. What's his role then? Well, they yeah. play, hang on, Geelong played skinny side of the ground all night last night. Yep. It's, it's, it's impossible for a wingman to get 30 disposals playing in that game. Who's playing on ball last night? It, when, when the game was on the line, he was in the centre bounce. We're, we're talking about different discussions. I, I think he's... I think you're going too quick on Joel. To be to be fair to I'm Joel, not, I'm not saying it's the the end for Joel. I'm I'm just saying what what he's he for me Joel Selwood's strength is a contested animal. He wills himself when the game's on the line. Joel Selwood, that's true. He's not a, he's not a wingman for me. Like he, his strength doesn't give him the opportunity to get back, outnumber in defence, come across, air air assist and intercept and mark the ball like good wingmen do if you're going to play that skinny side wing that you think about. that, that You're the weak side help to come across and help your defence. So I think they've got to identify what Joel's strength is and what it's been. I'm not by any means saying it's the end for Joel, but I'm saying it is an issue for Geelong because he's playing in a final where he's had no impact, n- none whatsoever. Can All I right. go back to... Oh, sorry, do you need to go... 
Yeah, I might yeah, clear go, the break, Derm. Yeah, that's the start of a conversation that is going to... We've got ourselves two hours, so we'll work in and around it. We'll add your thoughts to it on the Rapid Could Tune heated, open Jared. line. Call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 It is finals, so you've got to bring your mouth guards and get your elbows out at the start, and that's the way crunch time has begun. Rapid Tune will uh, we'll keep you moving. Tom Phillips, the Collingwood side of the equation, straight after the break. This is crunch time for Honda, introducing Honda's 50 years limited edition range Search Honda 50 and the new grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. So last night, Collingwood by 10 points over Geelong in the qualifying final. Uh, it's well anticipated and it looks like it'll be confirmed momentarily that Friday night's semi-final will be at the MCG, Geelong and West Coast. Uh, Tom Phillips is joining us from the Pies. Tom, congratulations and welcome to Crunch Time. Cheers for me, guys. You've got a little bit to draw on in terms of finals experience. When you got to the car last night on the drive home, what's what what was your overwhelming sense of what had been achieved? Uh, yeah, I think for, for me um, and for us, I reckon we came into last night's game with, I guess, a bit more calmness, um, you know, and and readiness. To sort of what it, what what it was like, you know, in the first week of finals. I think we've we've learned a little bit from last year and and the way we handled um, that month of September. And um, you know, I think yeah, last year, sorry this sorry last night, um, yeah, I think we really, you know, we played our brand from the first bounce to the last bounce, pretty much. Um, you know, I think yeah, we were hard in the contest. We knew that they were going to be really tough going at it um, from a clearance point of view and contested ball point of view. So um, I think our pref- our pressure on them uh, for four quarters, it, it got better almost as the game went on, so which was really pleasing. Tom, congratulations on last night. When we look at recent history, if the Cats keep Collingwood to under 70 points, the Cats are tending to win those. So you get to seven goals at half time. you would have thought of 14 to 16 goals is... Well, that's what we were thinking in the SI. I don't know, you guys don't think multiplications of goals at that stage. But it looked like you guys were going to do the job. We, you would have expected a tight game, but did you think it was going to be held so low scoring? Um, yeah, potentially, you know, potentially a bit surprised with that, but I think it was credit to... You know, our, our defence, I think they missed a few opportunities um, early and a few shots. So um, I guess their accuracy at times helped us out um, a little bit. But I think, um, you know, our, our back line and, and uh, you know, really, really held up um, well for us. I think our contest, you know, in all parts of the ground were really strong. Um, I think, you know, we knew, we, we sort of, we talked about that going on going in a little bit that um, I think away from um, GMHBA as well that they sort of won I think one game out of five I think and, and a lot of their and one of those games was over 100 points and the rest was sort of around that 50-60 mark so yeah. we knew that um, if we kept them to you know around that 50-60 mark and we could um, you know get a really good start and then yeah stop them from scoring that we'd give ourselves a really good chance. There were so many wonderful things that happened for the Magpies in their favour last night, but can 
completely uh, a, a wonderful, complete game. Darcy Moore's overhead marking, intercept marking, that was probably the best I've seen him perform that role uh, in quite some time. He was extraordinary last night. Yeah, he was unreal, yeah. Like, I just um, yeah, remember him multiple times in that last quarter as well um, in the yeah dying stages and really important times. Um, and that last, you know, 20, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, um, yeah, he was absolutely awesome. And, and he did that across the whole game. And, um, you know, we can see that when, when Darcy's is fit and, and up and running, um, he's an absolute asset to having the team. And, and for what he does, he's, you know, he's the way he went about it last night, he's one of the best in the comp when he runs and jumps at it like that. Tom, fantastic performance last night. And, uh, Collingwood, you, you, you just knew they were on. From about the five-minute mark of that first quarter, you thought the Cats were in a bit of trouble here. You looked quicker, you looked tougher, you looked uh, more secure around the football. But I just want to ask you about when you recognise the ruck dominance of Brody Grundy and what that does to your your ability to attack, probably remain more proactive rather than reactive, and what it does to not just your role but the midfield um, as a group. Yeah, exactly. I think we talked about that after the game with, you know, three or four blokes going to Brody, you know, throughout the whole game, throughout the ruck. So um, for us to have him, you know, he's not just that um, aerial presence, clearly. He's um, able to, you know, use his body strength um, at boundary throw-ins, ruck contests around the ground, um, you know, throw his weight around, get the ball and clear it himself a lot of the time. Like, he's he's just... Um, and then he can follow up on the ground. So, for us, it's just like having an extra midfielder around the ball, um, an extra number, an extra body there, which is, you know, he, he doesn't just tap it out. You know, that's... Um, he's so much more than that. He's, he's so much more multifaceted and... Um, you know, he's taken his game to another level. Um, you know, in the last 18 to 24 months, he's, he's been superb. And, you know, I think that, that helps in a game like last night where there are quite a few clearances and, and repeat sort of stoppages um, for periods of the game there. So, you know, for him to give us first use and, you know, it starts it starts from him and, you know, he, he really owns that. And, um, I think it permeates throughout the whole group. Um, you know, once he gets going and once he's dominant. We don't often talk about uh, Taylor Adams, and I think we should he should be front of discussion more often, but his start to the game last night, simply awesome. I know we talk a lot about side bottom and Penderbrin. It was his 300th. He, he performed uh, as he always does, but Adams' start last night really set the game alight for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was um, he was awesome those those two goals and just his presence around the footy he's, he's a bit of a wrecking ball and um that's you know the way he bases his game and i think he's a he's a great role model and um you know person to to look up to when it comes to you know the way you attack the footy and the way you, you go about it um you know from a midfield point of view he's always you know he's potentially the most competitive bloke at the club um he, he probably is you know he's he hates to lose he hates to um you know, yeah, he, he's just such a competitor. And I think the more of those guys you have in the team, um, you know, the better you're going to go. So for for us, um, you know, yeah, we talk about um, the Pendles and the side bottoms, as you said, and, and they're absolute stars. But um, when Tay, you know, runs through the ball, runs through, you know, the opposition, um, he's going at a million miles, miles an hour. And, you know, that's... It can only do wonders for us um, when he's on and when he's playing his best footy like last night.
I just, I, I wonder how much time Geelong invested in, in negating Collingwood's strengths last night. Um, did, do you notice that sort of thing, Tom? Do you notice what they're trying to do to negate? I think I think they were worried clearly about your offensive power, particularly with Stevenson coming back in, Degoe coming back in, um, and that wants to probably probably hit the scoreboard more often than 61 points, to be to be frank. But do, do you feel that? Do, do, do you get a vibe on how they're trying to play or, do, or is that something that you just wait for the breaks for the coaching staff to probably address? Um, yeah, I guess it's a bit of a mix with that, I think. Yeah, at, at the breaks, um, if there's, you know, changes in their structure or, um, you know, a few of their guys are going to, you know, one of our players or whatever, you know, we'll discuss that at the breaks and then we'll, we'll come up with some short-term things to um, think about and try and negate that. Um, yeah, otherwise we, you know, I guess, yeah, I think, you know, a few days out from, from the game, from, from last night's game, you know, we do a bit of an opposition analysis. We'd, we'd look at sort of their strengths and, and potentially how they were going to come up against us. But really it's, you know, it's probably 90, 95% what, what we want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, for us personally, how we're going to go about it. Um, we, we knew clearly that um, their strengths lay on lie, lie on the inside mainly and, and their clearance stuff and, and pressure around the ball is obviously um, really good and, yeah, they're, they're hard bodies. So I think, yeah, we knew that um, and we knew that it was going to be a big task um, from that point of view. And I think, yeah, that I think our, I'd say once, once we won the contest, on the inside, which was going to be our biggest battle. Um, we were able to, you know, maintain um, the ball once we got on the outside and then go forward pretty effectively. So I think um, we, we probably won that um, that shape and that balance um, Tom, not, you know, contest as much as what, what we did on the inside too. Sorry, Tom. Not often you win a game of footy, particularly a final, when you don't score in the last quarter. If there was one area to work on, did Bucks address that after the game and was it a concern for you? Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, having um, two guys rotating on the bench at the end, um, you know, we probably ran out of a little bit of legs potentially in that last quarter. As you said, we didn't, um, you know, score and uh, we were sort of holding on a little bit. So, um, yeah, that probably affected us uh, a little bit. I think, yeah, for us, it's that that pressure because I think we're over um, 200 for most of the game with our with our um, pressure uh, measurement. And I think if we can do that more often, and it's also our work rate in defence, I believe, because once we can, as especially as midfielders, um, you know that that two way. Um, running, I think, can then set us up in our offence. And it gives us really good um, shape and, and layers. So if we do turn it over, we do lose it. Um, we're in really good um, shape that, you know, teams can't go out the back on us too often. They have to sort of go out and around or we force them down the line on a long kick. So we, we focus a lot about um, that, that defence. Start with that. And then I think we have enough um, flair and enough... Um, I guess uh, X Factor in a way, once we go forward, we can um, trust our ball use and, and go from there and make things up a little bit, play with a bit of freedom. So, you know, for us, um, you know, it's, it's improving 
you know, and continue to improve our defence, and then that'll actually put us in a bit of offensive shape too. I've got to say, watching on TV was a nightmare with the jumper clash. Was it difficult out on the ground? Yeah, I felt that um, a little bit. That ran through my head a little bit, yeah. I, um, yeah, I think it was a little bit difficult, yeah. Maybe, um, well, yeah, it's a bit late now, but, yeah, it was a little bit difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Good on you, Tom. These are exciting times. Uh, the very best of luck for what's to come. Thanks, guys. Cheers for having me. Well, Tom Phillips with us after the Pies. Ten-point win over the Cats and into a place in the preliminary final. Uh, we'll talk to Magpies and we'll take your calls straight after the break. The Rapid Tune open line call 1300 736 736. Rapid Tune will keep you moving. Rapidtune.com.au. Is Russ there and ready to go? No, we'll come back to Russ as well. More of crunch time for Honda and Subway after the break. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. We are looking deep into the events of last night at the MCG. Collingwood defeating Geelong and about to launch into your calls. Russell Barwick from Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, hello. Hello to you, Jared, and hello to everyone. Uh, terrific uh, game last night. And today we've got a little bit of a situation developing here in Sydney because... Well, when I was at the uh, airport in Melbourne this morning, I reckon six or seven flights already cancelled. So a lot of disgruntled Bulldogs fans now waiting for the AFL Nation call, I suspect, rather than Ooh. being at the game, which is disappointing. Uh, $1.80 GWS. They were $2.20 uh, earlier in the week, and the Western Bulldogs were $1.75. That's been completely flipped on its head. You kind of think someone might be out for this game, but maybe the Giants have just got some support late. Uh, two and a half the line in that one. Uh, no surprise, the later game, two twenty. the Brisbane Lions, $1.78 now, uh, the Richmond Tigers. They were a little shorter during the week. They've just got out a little bit in the last couple of days, but suspect that the big punters might climb into the Tigers later on. And in terms of the overall market, Collingwood now, as you'd expect, second favourites at three fifty to take the premiership behind Richmond and Geelong. Well, they're not even favourites to win next week against the West Coast Eagles, so... It's been a real uh, drop from favour for the Cats. Elsewhere, just quickly, Jared, the Ashes, Australia, $1.75. The draws, the only other real option, $1.90 at this stage, and it's any old odds. The Poms, whatever you're doing this afternoon, a bit windy up here in Sydney, but we're looking forward to a fabulous afternoon at Giant Stadium. Gamble responsibly and enjoy the footy. Good on your ass. Get legendary tips on at odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Dermot Brereton, Kane Corns, David King. What did we make of Collingwood last night before we get stuck into the calls? For me, I honestly thought it was going to be my best estimations. Halfway through the third, second quarter, I thought, yeah, they're going to kick the 100. This is how they beat them. As we made mention earlier, recent history shows that if Geelong win, they win with 70 points on the board and they keep Collingwood to less. If Collingwood win, they go 100-plus and go big. When they had seven on the board with 15 minutes or 10 minutes to play still in the first half, I thought, this is going to be a 14, 15, 16-goal tally for Collingwood, and I thought they're going to play exceptionally well. The game then swung. If you had a look at the actual shots on goal at halftime, it was 9-7. to seven. So they were still getting some looks, Geelong, albeit they were from pockets that they couldn't really capitalise on without accurate kicking of the likes. They weren't out of it, 
but they looked like they were going to give up a score. There, thereafter, Collingwood played a different style to what I anticipated. They actually com- committed themselves to the grind. So they, I would have thought, probably played differently to the way they anticipated halfway through the second quarter. We can score here. We're getting quick entry in. We've got ground-level players in our forward half that Geelong cannot contain. But Geelong just kept at it. I don't think they played a flowing brand which Collingwood ever said, we're going to get blown away in seven or eight minutes of footy. We're going to give up three or four quick goals. There was never that threat. But they just ground away at each other and really the margin was set up by the 15-minute mark of the second quarter. As good as the game was for contest... That game's numbers were done halfway through the second quarter. If you watch that game again, and we all will, just watch the first 35 minutes of footy. Geelong had possession of the ball dozens of times and they they were out pressured. They coughed the ball up countless times in that first quarter. They had opportunity to step through um, traffic and get the ball from the inside to the outside and Collingwood were too good. They forced them to cough the ball up then got the game to the outside and were able to score. I I thought the composure, we don't talk enough about composure. Ball in hand, Collingwood were prepared to take the extra second or second and a half, which is an eternity uh, when when you've got the ball in hand in a hot final like that, to ensure that they got it to the next player in the best possible fashion that they could. Mm. And that allowed them, I think, to stay to stay aggressive and to stay in flow. If you, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but they kept constant movement of the football um, and Geelong couldn't, couldn't One of the aspects, Kingy, that I thought was and, and came was that you don't want the opposition's best ball user having the ball too often. And you, not, you don't want to tag in those types of games. It, it reduces your ability to move the ball. And there are some players in the comp who demand the ball from their teammates when they're side onto the footy. And really what it all does is plumps up that bloke's stats and and slows the movement of the ball down. But when Scott Pendlebury side onto the footy, Collingwood always give it to him because you know you don't just have the best decision maker in Collingwood. You've arguably got the best decision maker in the competition with the ball in his hands. Mm. I, I, thought I thought he was bottom. fantastic with the ball, uh, and so was Sidebottom. I mean, he's he's just a finals. He's an animal. Still Sidebottom. Has he ever played a bad final? Not many. Uh, Thirty-three last night. He's just his decision making under pressure, and mm. a couple of times just to just to milk the clock and take thirty seconds and bit of sting out of it when when Geelong were coming late. So. You're right, Sidebottom and Pendlebury, you don't want them getting the ball. But in terms of Collingwood and their, their premiership aspiration, there's just something about them. And I was just watching that documentary, and make of it what you will, but there is a feel around Collingwood, almost like a good news sort of story. The hard luck, the, the come from the bottom, buck, back buckle in, been through some tough times. I, I don't think this list wants for anything. Uh, to go is the big question mark over it. And, uh, Kingy, you were right. I, I wouldn't have played Darcy Moore, but they got that one right last night. Absolutely, they probably don't win without Darcy Moore. So you were right and I was wrong on that one. But Darcy Moore is, is the question. Can, can they win it without Darcy Moore if there's some damage to that hammy? Besides Jordan that... Sorry, Jordan Degoe. Sorry, yep. Jordan Degoe. Um, uh, they don't want for anything, this side. And um, as it sits right now, it, it feels like a Richmond Collingwood grand final to me. I don't know what your thoughts are, Jared, but there are some players that just understand when their team's under pressure and they need a moment. They need act. They need an act. 
Scott Burnaby stepping through 50. Yeah. Ball in hand. You're 19 points up. They're coming at you. You know that the contested game... Full momentum had swung back to Geelong halfway through the third quarter and you thought, hang on, there's game on here. If the Cats can get the next one, it's game on. And no, neither team was scoring heavily. I mean, there was two goals for about 45 minutes. And then Penderbury just said, no, boys, i got this. And, and I think those moments, we, 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 we dust over too quickly. Yeah, it, the whole team knew he was kicking that goal. Yes, yeah. It, it was, was it was in the book, wasn't it? It was written in the stars as soon as you saw the ball coming his way and that's what the greats do and what a stage to do it on for him on a personal and a collective front. Let's uh, take the temperature here on the Rapid Tune open line. Tony's with us in Geelong. Tony, welcome to Crunch Time. G'day, Jared. G'day, boys. Um, G'day. I'll preface this to say um, I'm using you both as therapy this morning because <laughs> the frustration is through the roof. Absolutely through the roof. Why? Um, well, Kingy, I think you, you hit the nail on the head that Chris Scott's trying to re- win games from the coach's box. In the games that we've lost um, throughout the second half of the year, we have an ability to stuff around the, with the ball like no other. Um, it, it is only my observations, right? There's much smarter footy brains than me looking at the games, obviously. But um, last night... Um, we come at our entries into 50. We're so slow so many times, giving the Pies plenty of time to get the likes of um, Howe, Moore, Grundy, even even Grundy, you know, to make it into the back line, into, into his back line, to our forward line to spoil. Had the, the, the dropping of Stanley, I cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. It's just, you look at the figures from round one this year, Stanley took it up to Grundy. Um, Missed out a little bit on hit-outs, but ran with him on the rest of the uh, figures, I thought. Um, and there seems to be no plan B. When we played Brisbane a couple of weeks ago, uh, they rolled the dice in the last five minutes, went the corridor, and it won on the game. All right, and Tony, let's... Still, yep. I want to we get still yep. go around the boundary, and we stuff it every time. The frustration's through the roof, and... Thanks for taking and listening to me. I'm, I'm feeling better now. Good on you, Tony. <laughs> Tony Lindsay's in Somerville. We're here to help. Lindsay, what do you got? Hi, Jared, guys. Um, look, yeah, I'm a Brisbane supporter, and Chris Scott, I'm a big fan, but that's got to be one of the biggest blunders I've ever seen, not playing Rhys Stanley. I think the difference was in the game was a clean possession that the Collingwood midfield got, especially Troll. Brody Gundy constantly put it down his throat. He put out a quick handball. Off they went. Every time Geelong got possession, it was true contested possession in traffic. Collingwood just got endless clear supply. And to me, that's the greatest blunder I've seen in a long, long time because Stanley has got the strength to, you know, at least compete with Grundy. But, um, yeah, I thought the clean possession was a difference in the game. Thanks, Lindsay. Oh, the Usman Kawaja effect is going to happen here. Is your polling's never higher than when you're left out of the team. Dan's in Rye. Hello, Dan. Uh, yeah, good morning, guys. I, I don't think you can <clears throat> underestimate the psychological mindset of the two coaches going into the game. If you listen to Buckley and Chris Scott during the week, I think it was on your show, Jared. One was positive, optimistic. The other one was, was bristling, negative, fearful, complaining about the, the ground that the game has been played at. And it just has an impact. In a close game, that's how it panned out. Do you guys have a comment about that? Just before you do, just let me bring Jim and Mildura in. I just want to make sure we get let uh, people have their say. Hello, Jim. G'day, guys. How are you? Good, Good. lad. 
very proud Collingwood supporter this morning. Um, one thing I do want to say, a couple of things quickly. Collingwood's had as many injuries as any other team in the comp. Richmond were lauded to a tongue-scraping level about their injuries and what they've done. Don't worry about our mob. We just keep uh, we keep fronting up. And then the other thing is that Geelong were always going to be great early when the old boys are fresh and the young boys are, are fresh, but the gap between their superstars and their youth is massive and their reliance on Dangerfield is unhealthy. Do you want to pass a quick comment on Danger? No, actually, I might leave Dangerfield till after the break. The demeanour of the two coaches during the build-up. Who wants to have a stab? Yeah, I think he's been harshly treated a little bit, Chris Scott. Um, Jared, if he fronts up and he's asked the question about it, he's given his opinion. Now, I don't think he's done anything other than give his opinion each time he's asked. I don't think he's gone out of the way to put the, the final situation on the agenda. I support him, and I don't think he did anything untoward. He wasn't overtly whinging, um, from my mind. Buckley always handles himself with class and has done for, for a long, long time, so we shouldn't expect anything less. But I just think Chris Scott has been... Been, um, a little bit harshly dealt with with the final situation. I can right. understand that, that Sagi, but you have to be responsible for what you say, and that's the voice that came out of the Geelong camp. Mm. You've got to get everything right. If you're going to worry about that sort of stuff, get your own house in order. Dermot Burton. Day- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. David King, Kane Corns after the break. More on last night. We'll cast an eye forward. And Brett Ratton will join us, I suggest, those taking it hard. Three Hail Marys and the replays of Steve Smith. The award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Reflections and analysis of what's taken place in this final series so far. West Coast with a head of steam through their elimination final. Collingwood with a week off and Geelong having to circle back through and staring at a straight sets exit. In Sydney, it's blustery. It's played havoc with airline traffic and those who are trying to get here. And the goals are going to be a moving target this afternoon. It's a knockout style. They are wobbling (laughs) to and fro at Giant Stadium. Uh, It'll add to the degree of difficulty for those who are going to be part of it. The Giants and the Bulldogs which reprises such strong memories of not so long ago. We'll have more. Collingwood and Geelong and the fallout from it, the match, the game of Patrick Dangerfield, the injury of Jordan Degoe, the likelihood of a straight sets exit and the ramifications of that with David King, Dermot Burton and Kane Corns. But let's talk with the new St Kilda coach installed formally yesterday making it the trifecta of the caretakers. Brett Ratton, congratulations and welcome back to crunch time. Hey, Jared, how are you, mate? I'm well. Tell me this, Brett. When you were told that you had the job, did it prompt in you a, a, an emotional reaction? Um, yeah, yeah I, it, it did. Um, it was uh, one of, um, I suppose, hard work, but um, also just reflection of what sort of happened in our lives and 
um, in the last seven years. And it was sort of, you know, from a family point of view, it was sort of one that everyone had been working hard to, towards. But, um, yeah, to finally hear the news, it was, um, you know, it was so fantastic. And I think, you know, I, I was pretty pumped myself, but um, my wife was over the moon. So she was probably more excited than <laughs> I was, which was uh, unbelievable. But um, I, I'm very fortunate and very honoured to be coaching the St Kilda Footy Club. And um, to get a second chance at it, I think, you know, that, that's something that I've been striving for. But, um, you know, this is a great opportunity for me and, and the, uh, the club to maybe hopefully uh, do something pretty special down the track. So as well as representing yourself and your family and your footy club, Brett, do you, do you feel like you'll actually represent a guild of coaches who have been cast aside and they've been looking for one to get the trust of another go at it so that um, we're not so cutthroat with our coaches once they've been dispensed with the first time around? Yeah, I think I think you're spot on, and um, you know, Clark has been preaching it for a while about you know we look at uh, American sport, especially the, the the football side of it. They uh, they don't start their coaching you know, journey until they're sort of nearly into their fifties at times. So you know, the coaches that have been sacked have usually started in their thirties, and by the time they're forty, they're nearly out of the the coaching ranks, that senior coaching rank. So to get another chance and really to reflect and learn uh, about that experience, I think that really helps you going to the next stage. And it's helped me enormously. And, you know, I think uh, hopefully this is the start of, you know, maybe Michael Voss gets the chance or, or, you know, Matty Knights and some of these other blokes that have sort of done the same path as I have. It's actually uh, an opportunity going forward. And so how did you approach the, uh, the process stage of it? Brett, and given you'd been able to show you, they, they recruited you to the club, you'd been able to show you where's in the caretaker job. Did, did you think there was a lot at stake in the process or did you feel like they had had a pretty good chance to assess you already? Well, it's just hard to understand as the caretaker how much they take take in on sort of the caretaker part of it and the process part of it. So I had to present a few times, catch up for meetings and still fit it into the um, the day-to-day coaching of the team, so that was that was quite a heavy load through that period. Um, and then I had the psych test um, just as we finished the season. So I was hoping I didn't fail that, Jared, but um, <laughs> like I, I got par- I passed that one, which was uh, maybe a bit lucky. But um, no, it's um, it was all jammed in, and it was very time-consuming. But you know, you don't know how much the club puts on sort of the the process part about of it, then maybe the day-to-day um, coaching aspect of it too. So. I suppose my presentation was a fair bit different to maybe you know, somebody else who wasn't coaching day-to-day as well. Did you feel like you were the front-runner? Was And, and was that a, a good position to be in? Is it also a difficult position to navigate? It's like anything. You think, you, you know, um, there, there was aspects... Yeah, you know, through the through that you know six seven eight weeks that we're like, well, okay, I think I'm, it's all going to plan here. But then there's other bits. You, you know, you might lose a game of footy, or you think, geez, that didn't go so well. Um, so you never know. But you know, just to hear the the you know the voice of Andrew to say, um, you've got the job, mate. We're wrapped and all that. I was just like, you beauty. Um, <laughs> that sort of allows you now to move forward. Until you hear that those words, you sort of never know when. You know, people have sort of thought they've been in front in coaching jobs and next minute they don't get it. So, um, yeah, I was just waiting for those magic words and they came across, which is great. Congratulations, Rats. Absolutely thrilled for you. And I really enjoyed the emotion of you running in to tell the, the troops that you did the big jump and the fist pump in the air. I enjoyed that little video that's surfaced in, in recent hours. Um, I, I didn't wa- think that was going to get out, mate. <laughs> I, I, I did that. I did that for the staff for just a bit of, you know, yeah, just to, I think, yeah. But uh, I thought, you know, that's only 
behind closed closed doors, and next minute it's now uh, everywhere. So yeah, you got <laughs> it. That's a life of. You got to work time. on your leap, rats. You got you didn't really get much clearance there. But I just uh, just on a serious note, you had the five years at Carlton. Three of those years, you, you made it to finals. We're in the premiership winning industry. We we all know that. What will yep. what will take Brett Ratton from that marginal gap in that in the Carlton time as coach to St Kilda in that next block of four to hopefully hopefully ten years at St Kilda? What, what have you learnt from the Carlton experience that'll make you a premiership coach at St Kilda? Um, probably the biggest one was the, you know having experience at, at Hawthorne and up, probably towards the back end of Carlton I was I was starting to get this aspect of my coaching right the connection between the players and don't don't be so much of a technical coach and all about football. It's more about the person as well. Um, so I've sort of tried to really work on that. Even as an assistant coach, I think it's so important uh, to get the best out of people. But probably the big thing I did was maybe when you go into the role of senior coach, especially being young, you think you've got to be across everything um, at a really high level. Yes, you have to be across everything, but there's some things that you really put your energy into. And I've learned to just let things go um, as a coach or as a person as well in my life to say, why, why even worry about that? And, um, you know, sometimes your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. And I, I really, I, you know, in reflection, I probably try to do too much at the Blues and try to be over everything where I should have just concentrated on the things that I could really control and the things that I was good at, not trying to uh, be the master of everything. Um, yeah, and that was probably the biggest thing I learned. A lot of coaches talk about relationships now between player and, and senior coach specifically. I don't know whether you saw the Adam Simpson story during the week. Jake Noel wrote about Adam coming from Perth to Bendigo to visit Richard Cole's father um, and just the, the lengths now that uh, the game has gone to or the AFL <coughs> coaches have gone to, to 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 form that bond. I don't know whether you saw that story. And do you think that now, <coughs> I mean, you've just said it's a really important facet of your coaching. Has it gone through the roof, the relationship side of the game now? Oh, there's no doubt. And um, you, know, you can have the greatest game plan, but if you haven't got the players on board, who cares? You can maybe have not the best game plan, but if everyone's sort of together and you know feel there's great support around each other and they know each other really well, I think you're half a chance. So, uh, yeah, I would I would put all my eggs really into the relationship side of things, and I think it's a key to success. And, you know, you know you, I've seen Al, you know, Clarkson as well, you know, you, you've just told about the Simo story, but Clarko's jumped on planes and headed off to certain parts of Australia or overseas just to catch up with players to make sure they're all right or or just have a conversation with them. And that's so important, uh, you know, in trying to build a team and get everyone on the same page. And it is so critical now. Hey, Rats, Derm here. Congratulations, mate. How are you, How are you buddy? Good? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. Can we, you know, for the, the you made mention earlier, and Jared's questioning also made mention of it. For those coaches out there that are looking to come around the second time, how is the improved, ver- well, how has the version of the 2019 Brett Ratton improved on the 2007 Brett Ratton that that was a caretaker coach too before he got the Carlton job? How, how have you improved? I've probably touched on it before, um, Derm, um, in regards to just trying to concentrate on what I do well and yeah. let other people sort of take the slack up in areas that I don't do so well at. And um, that's the thing. You, you are so time poor as a, as a senior coach. And if you think you can cover off everything, and the role nearly itself is a sort of a one-and-a-half-man 
job. And I even spoke to Neil Craig when he finished up at Adelaide. I went and had a cup of tea with him to see how he was going. And we just talked about it. And even back then when he left as Adelaide coach, he said, geez, it's only getting to a one-and-a-half-man job, isn't it? And I said, it, it, it's pretty taxing if you're trying to cover off everything. And I think you've got to have good people around you and trust them and allow them to do what they do well and let, you, let the main coach. And that was really something that was around Clarko. When you think of the success he had around him with David Rath, Chris Fagan, some great people with great minds helped Clarko just concentrate on the things that he did best and um, that's what makes a good coach is actually a good coaching team. Just two more questions for me. We talked about and we hear that it, it can be such a technical game. Your evaluation of the role now, how much of it... You remember, I mean, Terry Wallace, when he came in you know, 10, 15 years ago, didn't even speak to his team in, in a motivational sense before a game. It was all technicalities. Has the game swung back again to become a more spiritual type motivation now prior to games, a more spiritual um, view of getting effort out of players? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, we we just do all our technical work. Um, when I was caretaker, and I don't really want to change in, in sort of that part of the um, build-up to games is we would do everything before the game and say on a Saturday we would have all our information put into a room and then I only see the players three minutes before. That was it. That's what we did. So if we haven't taught the players what we're after, it's pretty hard to go through everything again or add something new on game day. So we do all the technical before and then it's all about the emotion and you know what motivates the players and how can we get them up and how do we, you know, as a team be, you know, on the front foot when we start. And that's that was really critical for me to try and get the best out of the boys to you know, get on the front foot, and especially too, we didn't have great first quarters um, this season. We sort of cleaned it up a little bit at the back end of the Saints, but our starts were very poor, and we gave up five, six, and seven goals in the first quarter, and we caught up, but you know, it was too hard to work for us. So yeah. I'm with you. I think the technical side should be done be- before the game day, and then it's all just about the motivation. Final one for me. There are so many Saints supporters out there saying, rats. What is our plan? Tell us what you are going to endeavour to do. What What is the plan? Um, well, it's going to be interesting, Dern, because of trade period. And, you know, I think you, the, the, the plan is around about how the fundamentals of the game are played and you don't want to ch- change that around, you know, contested ball and some of your transition, the way you go about it, um, your tackle techniques, your marking drop of the ball, your spoiling and things like that. But our style might change depending on our personnel. Because if we bring speed into our team or, you know, we've had a few injuries, we'll have to adjust a little bit from that. But what we want to do is we want to be bold in our our endeavours to get, get victories for the footy club. And you will see a spirited team that will be really on the front foot to score and really desperate to defend um, because we need to lift the bar on that aspect because we couldn't finish our work this year. I think overall we had two more scoring shots than West Coast for the season in the home and away, but we were minus 257 points behind them. So, Mm. yeah, that's an aspect of the game we've got to clean up. And the other side of the coin is... We, we when we did concede scores, we the, the opposition were very accurate against us, and we conceded goals, not points. And we need to make sure our desperation's up there. So we're going to be bold at both in, both ends of the ground to make sure we clean that up. 
a rats all pass on my congratulations as well. Everyone is so wrapped for you, and we wish you well. Can I can I ask you with that plan and yep. and and the trade period because there's been some big names already linked. We got Carlisle, we have got Jack Stephen, and now we have Josh Bruce. Can can I have an update on those three and where they sit in terms of your future? Yep. Well, Jack's. You know, we spoke we've spoken uh, about Jack yesterday too, and and I've sort of spoken about that through my um, interim coach uh, stage is we want Jack to be happy. And that's the main thing for us in regards to, you know, how he's going and, and what's going on. So he hasn't been back into the club and, and, but, um, you know, we just want to make sure Jack's happy. The other one, the other one too, uh, that you spoke about is Jake and uh, Josh is they're contracted players. Um, and I see them staying at the football club next year. So, um, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to go. Mm. James Gallagher is our um, list manager. We're all going to catch up on Monday and Tuesday, but they're contracted, and I see them staying at our footy club. They're telling the place. And uh, we ha- we hear that there there is room in the salary cap. You've targeted a number of big free agents. Bradley Hills, the latest. Um, do you want to you want to spend that money now? And are you all in? Would you rather one big fish, a couple? You know, where do you sit on the the strategy of the list and who you might bring in? Yeah, that'll be a club decision through you know conversation with James, and he's done a lot of work with with Lethers behind the scenes in regards to players that are out. But I can say we want to get talent into our football club, and if that's one person, two or four, um, we want to improve our list every year. So um, if somebody's out there with talent and they want to leave their football club, we'll be interested to have a talk to them. So from that point of view, yeah, we'll sit down next week and start going through that. But yeah, we need to improve improve our list and if there's players out there that we think can you know, add to our game plan and our style, um, we'll, we'll bring them in for sure. Brett, when you were appointed Carlton coach, it was it was a boy's own story. You, you'd lived the Carlton life. You knew the very essence of the footy club. How important has it been to try to grasp what, what the core of St Kilda is and maybe that uh, let that seep into the way that you think and the way that you might coach? Well, it's just talking to um, Russell Holmesbury, who does all the, the history of the St Kilda Football Club. And um, I've caught up with Russell a few times and knowing through inside football um, through many years of uh, contact. But um, we're going to sit down next week and really go through everything about Saints. What I do know, they're so passionate and they want success. And, that, and that's what's really driving a lot of people at the football club, but really the supporters as well. And you know, to see that game when we played against Fremantle and, you know, we got over the line just and then to go out on the ground and just hear the roar and, the you know, the supporters all screaming and that, we want to see more of that from from, our, the, from the team. But we love that, hearing the supporters, and they're so passionate and they've been deprived of success and hopefully uh, through the next couple of years we get to see some of uh, the enjoyment that they're looking for. Fingers crossed that that's precisely what transpires. Brett, uh, Brett, well done, and thanks for your time today. The very best of luck with the job for real. No worries. Thanks, fellas. Brett Bratton, St Kilda coach, with us on Crunch Time. And uh, as you've all alluded to there, it is one of the most popular appointments in recent times. One of the good guys. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no bad characters in footy, but he's one of the genuinely good, good guys. So, yeah, wrapped for him. Is he weird enough to be a premiership coach? <laughs> that's my only. That's my only. Qu- is he weird enough? He, he's weird enough that he loves it and no, lives and breathes you've it. Got to be weirder than that. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. <laughs>
Is he Dennis? Is weird? he weird enough, Kane? You reckon? Yeah. No, he'll get there. If he's not there, he'll, <laughs> he'll, turn, he'll turn into a weirdo. I like that. He'll get there. He's got room to move. Yeah. Uh, Let me pose three out of last night as we tidy up that discussion. Um, and Kane alluded to this before. If Jordan Ngoi is out of the remainder of the final series and the recurrence of a hamstring, it's hard to imagine that that comes any other way. What impact does that have, Dermot and Kingy, on their prospects of winning the whole thing? Massive, massive. After he went off last night, uh, I won't say it didn't look like they could take an overhead mark. They could get marks on the lead. They could get marks under pressure on the lead. They didn't look like they could have a stand-and-deliver player inside their forward half who could rock the boat, thrust into the opponent, stand back and take a, a contested mark. It all had to be at pace. It all had to be ground-level pickups at pace. It looked like the ball needed to be coming in a certain way. doesn't mean you can't win, but it means you reduce the the methods, the different types of ways of kicking goals. So that will hurt them. Is their point of difference? Stevenson and Dugowie out of full forward is Collingwood's point of difference. So they lose one. Can Elliott bridge the gap? Very good last night. We've talked a lot about Jamie over the last few weeks. So maybe they can. It'll have to be done in a different way. Derm, there's no doubt about that. But the one thing for me is they now lose that ability to break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, throw him in the middle. Put, throw him yeah. in the middle. We saw what he did in the grand final, those freak goals. I mean, every goal that he kicked in the grand final last year was, was a work of art. Um, the, the one at the start of the last quarter where he burst through, you know, burst through sort of 55, 50 from goal, knocked it through. They, they lose that ability, Jared. And, and I think that in close margin games, in small margin games at the end of the year, that's an asset that's a, it's going to be hard to hard to handle now. And Kane, that's that's your view. Yeah, I think so. I, and I just I loved Roughhead back going back last night and the job he did on Tom Hawkins. So, as I said, that they want for nothing apart from just this uh, Jordan to go. Now, it, Bucks has said, well, he just felt like he couldn't explode last night. Is, is it a Darcy Moore situation? I don't know. The great news is they've got a week off to assess it. Can they get him back for the grand final, perhaps, um, and roll the dice? So. Yeah, it's it's the one concern for them clearly, but I still think they can win it without him. The consistency, Jared, is something. He's every in every game he's played this year, except for last night because he was off so early injured. He's hit the scoreboard. Mm. He's been a goal kicker every time he's gone out there. There's not many players in the comp that you can say that about. Yeah. Um, so it, you, clearly you lose scoring power, um, but you look at the score last night. I mean, they've kicked they've kicked nine goals. Mm. So you, you can't afford to drop too many off the... If you said to me before the game, they'll kick nine goals and win the game, I said, no, they can't win it with and nine. score in the last quarter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But it's like taking away a top-order batsman's ability to drive the ball. He just mm. reduces the amount of ways he can make runs. So it hurts him how the opposition set up. Yeah. Um, Patrick Dangerfield, what, what, did, uh, what did you make of his game last night and his... Bloody mindedness. We all at the end. we all learn this game as it you know as we watch, and some of us are older than others. I'm the oldest one here, and from what I've seen, I, I learn every time I watch footy, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, especially in latter days, that when finals are on the line, the champions are the ones who make the separation. They, they make the difference. They make the difference in your ability to get back into the game or even win the game. And it was screaming out for a champion to do something last night, and that was Patrick Dangerfield. He just couldn't get enough to go along with him. Everybody tries, everybody has a go, but he just didn't have 
enough champions who could go along at the same pace with him. Okay. Mm. Yeah, all, all of that. He wasn't willing to give up. He understood the significance of the week off into a prelim final, and he was trying to will himself and his team over the line. I agree with you, Jeremy. He needed some more passengers with him. And um, despite, you know, me questioning at times, you know, just a little byplay with, with staying down from injuries. He's a seriously, and I've said this the whole way through, he's tough. He he attacks the footy like no other player in the competition, I don't think. And I think within a sort of a phone box and when the footy's within 10 metres of him, he's the best in the competition at seeing that ball and winning it. And now I loved I loved Pendlebury and Dangerfield last night. I thought they both had an influence. I thought they both spent significant time opposed to each other. And it's one of the great things of footy is seeing two absolute champions going head to head. And you saw on the telecast when Dangerfield kicked that goal late, the disappointment in Pendlebury. You know, you could just they had a slow motion image of Pendlebury after Danger kicked it. He was that filthy with himself that he let Dangerfield do it. That's why these guys are the best. What, what would the margin have been last night without Dangerfield? Yeah. It would it would have been a blowout. He was tear away from pace from the centre circle. Oh, every time he, he's in awesome. traffic and then he just jumps up and then and exits, exits. You know what I was thinking? Like, you go, is he playing a different game? This guy. <laughs> when when the game was, well, it was hot for the whole time. I was actually looking at it, thinking they need him to play centre half forward last night. Yeah. Hawkins deeper. Dangerfield would allow you to play faster because he could get from one flank to the opposite flank if the ball reverses direction and that would allow you to play faster. I don't know if you can take him away from the middle or could they cover him in the middle? Could Sell- Kelly Sellers, elevate again? Sellers put Hawkins on the radar this week, Jared. Mm. Four po- four behinds for the day. I mean, he looked really likely early. That first quarter, I thought he's... Well, he's he, a, he, he was the first one to try yeah. to put a stop to the rot. Yeah, he um, was. Yeah, but gee, they desperately need him to find some, some goal-kicking form. Mm. I mean, they're a different team. If he doesn't hit the scoreboard, they're they're a drastically different team. And maybe it is Dangerfield having to go forward. I know, I know he's a powerhouse in the midfield, and he was everything for him last night. But they just can't score. They're screaming for Gary Rowan to be better than he is. They're screaming for that hybrid forward who can get to contests all over the forward half of the ground. I know Rowan t- plays a bit deeper. And they want his pressure coming out of full forward. He just doesn't impact and and get enough of the footy. But they are screaming for someone to run side to side across the ground and make the contest each and every time. And it would allow them on occasion. I know they play safer and they play on the least amount of any team, but it would allow them to play a bit quicker in times of when, when they flick the switch and say, now's the time to go. First quarters, Jared, in finals, That's that will be 24 of the last 28 finals. Mm. where teams have led a quarter time and won the game. Yeah, well, 3-2 to nothing in 11 minutes without an inside 50 the other way. Is, is, that was, it's a bad start, That was yeah. what Geelong had spent 12 months looking to avoid, and there it was there again. Um, just before we leave Kane, um, where to for Essendon, Kane? What, what's, what's the path in your mind for the Bombers? The path is they need to be clear whether John Warsold's the coach. Uh, you got to come out, and I'm surprised I haven't done so already, and say, this is the guy for at least the next 12 months, like Port Adelaide have done with Ken Inkley, it just alleviates all the uncertainty. And you, you you see what it's done to Adelaide when they can't guarantee the coach. I mean, Adelaide have just dominated the headlines in, in Adelaide for two weeks because of that uncertainty. So is he your guy? If he is, then tell us. If he's not, then move on. Uh, and I think until they do that, they, they can't come up with a plan, Jared, because I think they're good enough. I think they're good enough 
to make the top four next year, provided they've got some certainty in a game plan that uh, is up to speed with, with modern footy. So, it, But if they roll out in the same way next year, so you've had them as a tease the whole way through and yeah. ultimately you've been proven right. If they roll out in the same way, will they get the same result? 12, 10, three years running. Yeah, absolutely. I think they will. So personally, I probably think they need to make that move. As much as I hate speculating about coaches and and people's livelihoods, but that appears the way that they will go and probably should go. And you're willing to have a go at it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kane. Great to have you with us on lunchtime. Thank you. See you next week. We will work through the events of Thursday night, the ramifications of those with David King and Dermot Brereton on Crunch Time for Honda and Subway next. The award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. The Giants host the Bulldogs this afternoon in Sydney in an elimination final and then to the Gabba tonight with the Lions against the Tigers. There's many a story to be told on this Saturday of football to shape this final series. On crunch time for Honda and for Subway, you're with Jared Waitley, Dermot Brereton and David King. We haven't quite finished with a look back yet. So to Thursday night, King, you're a strong advocate for West Coast. There's no way they're the fifth seed coming into this final series. They easily navigated their elimination final in a manner that was broadly predicted and ran largely to script. How did they come through it? What sort of threat do they represent? The big boy, Jared. It's all about Mr. 60%. (laughs) He's the 666 specialist. I think he designed this new rule, to be honest with you, or the new uh, change to the structure of of our game at centre bounces. I mean, what he was able to do and and how he was able to show the team the way forward. I know it's against Essendon. I get all that. And they were banged up. They were limping to the line. So we need to see it against against high-quality opposition, which we will clearly next weekend. But what he was able to do, seven goals from centre bounces. I, I can't recall such power out of centre bounce clearances. Such a powerful nine-possession game. It's, it's extraordinary what he does, isn't yeah, it? There it is, is no other player like him in the AFL. The, it, there, there's been times in history where we marvel at teams that issues physical power to push, surge the ball forward. He does it out of the centre circle. He, he actually doesn't get a possession, but the ball surges... 25 metres to the front of the square. He is quite something else. Yeah. What, did you, what did you think, Jared? I mean, when you see him, when you see him, not, not so much, I know he's a centre bounce presence with his follow up work and all that sort of stuff. Even, even at ball ups and boundary throws, he was just standing next to Tom Bell Chambers, who's a big man. He's a big man. And just holding him off. It made him, it made him look like, you know, little brother, big brother sort of yeah. stuff. He's a transformative figure within a game. Yeah. And we've been, de- I mean, he's been deprived for too long and we've been deprived of the sight of him. I think, yeah, as you, you can visibly see what happens to a game. What about his rundown on Saad? Jeez, he gets a mo- he, he, when he gets motoring in straight yeah. lines, he's genuinely fast. He yeah. grabbed his whole back, Jared. His <laughs> hand, his hand grabbed his whole back. He, he, he covered the numbers on his jumper. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was almost like he had sort of Velcro and just went bang and and stuck to him. But I think you know, Adam Simpson, people, people are just starting to learn who Adam Simpson is, and he keeps saying this guy is our Patrick Dangerfield. Mm. He changes without the, the possessions makeup yeah. of our team. Yeah. The one thing I would say, it, it, you said the review back to Thursday night. I think it proved to us there's there's a top eight, 
and one team was going to get in who was always going to be... I think there was top seven this year and it was between Essendon, Power, Hawthorne, North and even Fremantle and Adelaide who was going to make up that eighth position. But the top seven were clearly better than the next group of five. And whoever was going to get that, any one of those teams, was probably going out day one of the finals. And, and you can make the same case at the top of the table. Someone was going to be a little bit stiff to finish fifth yeah. out of those top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's five teams. And I think we all said, yeah, there's five teams who can, who can get there. The, the Eagles, unfortunately for them, they can, they're still a team that can go around and win four finals in a row. Mm. And there's no doubt about that. I, I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah, their card hasn't been marked down. And when you see them do what they did... So this what happens be, next week? So, yeah, so what do they do? What do, Geelong, what do Geelong do in the ruck next weekend? Well, they can't ruck Mark Blitzarves against Nick Natanui. They can't because they need him down back That's now. right. They don't have the luxury on the matchups down back, even if they wanted to. Well, that, that's, the, that's the byproduct of that. But they have to now go back to somebody who uh, Chris didn't... Didn't trust to take him out in, what happens in week one. What happens if it's wet? He can't play in the wet. He told us that last night. Oh, you... What you, do we do? You're writing these down, no, aren't you? I just think it's... This is... I know we keep coming back to the selection at Geelong, but this is the sort of uh, problems you pose for the second week. And uh, I, I just... I don't know where they, where to from here in terms of the, the ruck battle. Can I can I just before we move on to this one, just a review for Essendon. Their forward line, I know they don't have Danaher and he's going to be their kingpin and let's hope they keep him, which is they should. Um they looked very junior. I was watching within the game itself, and there were players walking their Essendon opponents under the footy in marking contests. And each one of the Essendon blokes turned around, Laverde and the likes, and went, Well, you mongrel, and sort of gave verbal anger back at them. Sometimes you've got to stop, you've got to hop forward, land on your heels, and drive backwards so the back of your shoulder. Makes them bite their tongue. If they're going to do that to you, you've got to play nasty in finals. And if they're going to treat you like an under-19 forward line, opposed to a professional back line, you've got to play a little bit nasty. They were a very junior outfit in the forward line last night. And strangely enough, as I was watching, I was thinking, does this team... I'm, I'm, John will coach or who... That's, that's their decision. But the personnel they've got, I would be that close to inclined to saying, Dyson, get your body right. Play in this role we want you to play to get the best out of you. I'd almost be inclined to say, Andrew McGrath, we believe we're going to start a new era starting here right now. How does the captaincy fit with you? Really? Absolutely. Make a new era and say, this boy shows all the hallmarks of great leadership. This is the way. And he could be a captain for the next 180 to 200 games. I'm surprised you said that. that that's, a, that's a real shock. You'd think he's mature enough and at the, ripe enough at the age he is to handle Completely. that? Completely. He's a 20-year-old now. He is so mature. He does the right things. He makes the right... Efforts, his, his, his attack at it is never compromised, unlike some of his teammates. He's an intelligent boy. He presents well. And he, the, some of the great captains have taken the mantle at 20, 21. Mm. I, I would be that close to it. I'd, dis, I'd have to have that discussion with my football department. 
What about the coaching position? There's, there's a vacuum right now, which is a, a curiosity in its own right. What, what do you imagine is happening? What, why is there a void right now? Uh, you know my position, Jared. I think John's done a pretty reasonable job. Um, not just this year, I think over the last two to three years. Now, the discussion is, is he taking them to the next step, the promised land, you know, the winning premierships, not just making finals. It's not, it's not really about finishing five to eight. It's about jumping that, jumping that no man's land section on the ladder between five and 13 to arrive at a premiership window. Are they heading towards a premiership window? I don't think they're that far off, but I've been seduced by the Bombers for two years. Mm. So I'm probably a poor judge, but I, I think he's done a reasonable job stabilising the, the Essendon Footy Club. Um, and if they make the decision to move on from John, then they're basically saying to us they're not far from contending. Mm. That, that's the message. For My me. view on it is I think he's a wonderful citizen. I think he's a fairly straight up and down. He's your, your meat and three veg type coach. You'll do the right things. You'll say the right things. You'll want them to go the right way. But the basic strategy, playing or, or coaching strategy to what he's got, I think there's an overemphasis on springboard football out of the back line. Saad and, and McKenna. They look fantastic. They are fantastic. <laughs> They're so exciting to watch. But against a forward line, which isn't known for its forward half lock-in pressure, they, they did it better, given that it's first week of the finals, they should do it better. They're not a great lock-in forward line team, the Eagles. The Dons could only go inside forward 50 with that springboard stuff 41 times. It's, it's, it, I think it's proven now that it's a great weapon to have but if it's the one wood, your modus operandi, I think you're going to struggle to actually get to the pointy end of the ladder. Jared, can I can I ask a blanket question to yep. both of you? I had this discussion with Robbo yesterday. If you are selecting a coach to coach for your life next year at the Essendon Football Club, and this this should be the mindset for every every board out there, Dermot, to have the best man in the spot yep. that's available or. Um, that either is on your books or someone else's books. If, you, if your job is to get that man in that position, is it worse fold over a lion or over a rutten or over whoever those next names are? Uh, but the problem with our system, our, our entire nation of coaches, is we have 18 to look at. There are a couple that have been there like Brett Ratton, that, that we know what they're capable of, were they harshly dealt with the first time. So there's a group there outside the top 18 that are about six or so. So if you in, ask, in, if in I'm America, asking you, but I'm no, asking no, but you. in America, there's 32. Yeah. There's 32 coaches. Then you have a college system, which is unbelievably professional. And you can find a coach you know has a proven track record in a professional outfit in the next level down. You don't have that luxury here. You haven't seen the, 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 the pathway for a coach to get there, doing the hard yards as a line coach, an assistant coach. That's the pathway. But it doesn't naturally prep you for being a senior coach. Well, the name Ross Lyon will be spoken about, Derm. That's you one of the six. Put them head to head. Or even throw Voss in there. You know what you're getting with Voss. You may choose to, to look the other, you know, mm. choose other people. But to coach for your life in 2020, you're on the Essendon board. Who are you choosing? <sighs> I mean, that, that's got to be the discussion, doesn't it? It's, that's... I think that's the right way to phrase it. It's not, and it's not really just 
are we going to let John see the last year of, it, of his contract? Is uh, who's the best yeah. coach for us from here? And if it's if it's John, then hurry up and back him. Um, what? Well, so, Kingy, you're you've been in the Warsfold camp, and I'm I'm sort of at your shoulder, but. It, Gun to your head, I'm not sure I'm answering Warsfold. Yeah. Are you answering Warsfold? Well, that, this is why I asked the question, because mm. I don't think you can. I, I, it sounds it sounds like I'm arguing against myself, but I, I'm wrapped with what he's done. I think he stabilised that football club, but we're talking about jumping to the next level now. Um, and the Essendon fans in the main are at the end of their tether now. They're saying, OK, where to from here? Now, who's running this club? Is is it John? If it's John, tell us. If it's not John, well, what's 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 it look like now? I, I think that they they feel like they're being sold, Brett Rutten, uh, Rutten and and Long and Ross Lyon sitting sitting idle, one out, one back. I, I, I mean, I don't know where to from here, Dermot. And we're waiting for guidance from the Essendon board, really. Mm. Well, and that that really has to come Monday. I don't think. Well, they're 48 hours yeah. out of their season, aren't they? Yeah. So if there needs to be a conversation with John, we would presume that that's happening at the moment, today, tomorrow, to figure out their path, and then they'll have to reach their decision pretty quickly. Kingy, you were struck by this from Brett Ratton uh, just a little while ago. You are so time poor as a, as a senior coach, and if you think you can cover off everything, and the role nearly itself is a sort of a one-and-a-half-man job and I even spoke to Neil Craig when he finished up at Adelaide I went and had a cup of tea with him to see how he was going and we just talked about it and even back then when he left as Adelaide coach he said geez it's only getting to a one and a half man job isn't it and I said it, it, it's pretty taxing if you're trying to cover off everything and I think you've got to have good people around you and trust them. Yeah I, I think this is the way the game's going to go Jared. I really do I think that we're going to have a manager type an overarching uh, manager the trust. English football manager. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll build those relationships that Brett's talking about. had a tea and not a coffee. Everyone has yeah. coffee. But, yeah. <laughs> but do you think that it's going that way? And who's going to be the first club to do that? Are we, are we sort of seeing it uh, more and more with, you know, coaches not doing the day-to-day stuff? I've got a feeling taking... Clarkson already is yeah. fairly close to that. So, so Brett, Brett goes into the role this week. I wonder if he's setting that up now. I mean, why, why wait? If you genuinely feel that the relationship side of the business is the number one point of difference, the number one asset you can have as a coach, um, why would you set it up any different? Get the strategy guy underneath you. Get the list guy right. Get you know, get the, the the smaller parts of the business sorted. Well, that happens already. Can the you... strategy guy at every club comes to the coach and he, he sets aside a bit of time before their their strategy meeting with the team, and he literally sells the strategy to the coach that he believes in. And the coach either takes it on, takes portions of it, or dismisses it. Mm. So that's happening already. But can we have a can you have a, a, a Monday to Friday coach and an overarching yeah. manager? Yeah. Are we ready for that as a as a competition? I mean, as co-coaches doesn't sound right. So it's more of a managerial. A lot of role. coaches have very little to do. They walk around out in the ground, but they're still out there mm. during their on-field practical sessions and the assistant coaches are taking all drills. I think a lot of coaches change. are like that already. I think it'll evolve even further. Even further. Yeah. 
All right, we'll uh, cast our eyes towards this tremendous Saturday of footy in a moment's time. Merrily Meadows is tweeting, scans have confirmed Jordan Degoe has strained his hamstring. It rules him out of the preliminary final. Ooh. Some hope of playing in the grand final if the, if the Pies make it through. 21-day program finishes the day before the grand final. It's a recurrence of a hamstring. Jordan Degoe is not playing again this season. And Levi Greenwood is confirmed with an ACL to the left knee. It didn't feel right. I've never done a knee before, but it just felt a little bit loose. Still a great night for the club prelim final in two weeks. It's awesome, but that's uh, that's a bitter moment for Levi Greenwood. After the break, we'll cast the night of the Giants and the Dogs and the Lions and the Tigers on Crunch Time for Honda and Subway. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning Crunch, Crunch Time. Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Dermot Burton and David King in place as we bring crunch time to its climax this afternoon. Brilliant blue skies, but it is blustery here in Sydney. It'll be the Giants and the Bulldogs in the elimination final. The 40 Winks series about sleep tips and insights into what's to come. Save up to 40% at the 40 Winks 40-hour sale. Uh, This because of the echoes of the past and the, well, it's nearly a hatred between these two player groups, which is rich beyond sort of any manufactured rivalry that a new club might have, is, gee, there are some possibilities here, Kingy and Derm. That Bulldogs v Giants game in the preliminary final in, well, 16, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. I think that is my favourite game that I have witnessed, you know, with the naked eye being there. That's my favourite game I've seen for 10 years. I thought that was just a wonderful, wonderful game. And there was a time, two years in a row, the Giants were stiff. Mm. They played the eventual premiers two years in a row and pressed them harder against the odds with injuries in-game. Not not who was out before the game. In-game, they got significant injuries and pressed the eventual premiers... uh, harder than the eventual grand finalist opponents. I think they were very, very stiff in those years. And I think that's a bit of a burner for the Giants because the same coaching staff is there. A lot, yeah, probably 75% of the team makeup is still there from that time. I think that's quite a burn with them. Do you you agree with me that when you do something different as a coach... No, I'm asking you. Right. You don't normally. Okay. Um, Right or wrong, you don't normally. Um, Do you think when you do something different as a coach, it has to work? Now, Leon's had this group for a little while now. They're a a back-half team by design. He's comfortable with that. That's the way he wants them to play. They're very skillful. They want an open forward line to to get the ball quickly into. Mm. That's how they score. When when you do that, though, Derm, it's against the, the norm, what is considered the new norm. It has to work. He has to win today, Leon. Mm. I, I can understand you saying that. I, I don't find them a complete, as you say, a back-half team. I think they leave the job to Phil Davis, Nick Haynes, he's sure. I, 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 and I'm going by naked eye here, not yep. stats. Yep. When the ball gets inside defensive 30, I think you see those players in one on genuine one-on-ones more than any other yeah. key defenders in he the club. I, I think he gives so much trust to them and says, you guys defend, 
hold the fort, save it for us, and then our numbers swell around the back of the square and we surge it out of there with the tsunami, whatever you want to call it, which we haven't seen a great deal of, but they need run out of there. They need Kelly playing well. They need, in previous years, they needed Shield playing well. They needed Whitfield playing well. They needed all these boys using the ball beautifully from defensive side of the square through to a launch area. Yeah. But the defenders, I think, were really asked to go one out against their opponents. And if Nick Haynes can actually see the ball in the air long enough, he'll roll off and he'll pick it off. He's a very, very good player. I think they've been stiff. I think they have been hit in-game, in the big games, with injury, and that, therefore, I'm not willing to write off his style. I didn't think he'd come with me. (laughs) I I sort of, when that started, I thought he's not coming with me. So, I think the relevance of what you said, King, is so the weekend has been marked for the uh, the big fallout for the losers so far. I don't think there's big fallout for the dogs. If they happen to go under, they might feel like they've wasted a bit of momentum, but there will be for the Giants. That that will pose a moment of self-reflection and external examination as to whether they are going to get there or not. Will it not? Don't, don't have a bad day against the Dogs midfield, Jared. Mm. We keep saying that That's because they, they can put it on the scoreboard. They're scoring heavily the last four or five weeks, but they haven't played a team like the Giants. They've had some some average teams across the last month, the Dogs. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of entering this game expecting midfield versus midfield. Absolute damage. That That's where their bread and, and butter, their bread's buttered in the midfield for both teams. So strength versus strength, very hard to see which team wins. But if they get even supply... The forward well, line that's of the, the one thing, David, is so much more, more potent. potent. Yeah. There's so much more structure involved with yeah. their key, uh, their key three. So, you know, Himmelberg is a, is a finals player. You know, Cameron's had a f- superb season, and Finlayson's come from nowhere, really. I mean, you wouldn't want to sleep on him. Well, he's definitely the, the third banana there, but he can, with five possessions, kick three. Yeah. So he is dangerous. He's a beautiful... People don't realise how good he is with the footy. He's a beautiful kick of the ball. The one thing I'll say when I look at coaching strategies and the likes, if you definitively win clearances, definitively, the game is yours. It's it's your coaching strategy thereafter if if you're to win the game. You, you, You own the game at the source... It is up to you what you do thereafter. You should win the game. All right, I've got to wind you up there. Get 40 months interest-free at the 40 Winks 40-hour <laughs> sales like the Oscars once the music comes work, up. Jared. You're out. Thanks, Dermot. <laughs> Thanks, Kingy. Cheers, It's been crunch time for Honda and for Subway. The footy tour continues all afternoon. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.